Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to NFL Study Hall. Zach is back with us for this week eight recap in the NFL. Had a ton of fantastic games that we're going to break down for you today. Plus, in this same episode, we'll also go through the week nine slate and give you our score predictions for the upcoming weekend. Zach, welcome back, and are you ready to roll? It's good to be back, and absolutely, I am ready to go. Alrighty, well, let's just straight up dive into this sucker. We got the Thursday night game from October 29th. Now that we're in, uh, it's, a, it's a new month. It's a new t- uh, new times. We just had the times being changed. We might have a new president. I mean, we got a lot of new stuff coming around. But let's just recap what's happened. Thursday, October 29th, we had the Atlanta Falcons at the Carolina Panthers. And honestly, a nice upset win for the Atlanta Falcons, taking it over 25-17 to 17 victory for Atlanta. Matt Ryan looked decent. He didn't look great, but honestly, I was very impressed by the Falcons' defense to absolutely manhandle the Panthers. This was an interesting game. Fun fact, there was not a single three and out in this game. A lot of long drives that would able be that would either go into touchdowns or just be stopped for field goals. I was impressed with how the Falcons played defensive-wise, especially in the second half where they were able to stuff the Panthers when they made long drives. And this was just a nice, encouraging win for the Falcons. I still don't think they have any chance at the playoffs. They're sitting 2-6, and six, and both the Saints and Bucks look really hot. So, But this was just an overall moral victory for the Falcons because they're trying to scrap their season together. They have so much talent, and this this was a deserving win for Atlanta. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree with you, Cade. And honestly, this was a surprising game for me because, like you said, you really saw the Falcons' defense come alive and their offense, you know, putting up 25 in a win. But, you know, you're used to seeing Matt Ryan, you know, throw to Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. They got Todd Gurley. And putting up 25 is somewhat of down numbers, I'd say, for their offense. But, you know, their strengths, at least as a team, kind of flipped this week. But they still came up with that win over the Panthers in a divisional game. And honestly, I don't know if this is quite the upset. I thought it was just more interesting how they won the game, uh, you know, instead of if they're going to win the game. But yeah, like you said, I don't really think they have a chance in the division or for the playoffs, but it is an encouraging win for their team. It shows that they still have somewhat of a defense that they can build around. And um, as they do look for a new head coach, I think that maybe getting a defensive-minded one would be a good idea. But uh, yeah, pretty solid game. Uh, good to see real close. Yeah, absolutely. All right, now we've got the big weekend. Uh, we've got a huge sl- Sunday uh, series of games that really, a lot of them just came down to the wire. A lot of long games that really were very close scoring and very uh, tight games to watch. First up, we've got the New England Patriots versus the Buffalo Bills. And this one was really determined by the weather factor. It was, um, the wind factor was unbelievable, like sleet, sideways rain was coming down most of the game, and there was not a single touchdown thrown in this game. Josh Allen only had 18 passing attempts. It was mainly on the run game. Buffalo Bills able to hold off the New England Patriots 24-21. to Cam Newton with that big fumble with only 30, just over 30 seconds left. And the, the Bills able to hold on to a win, which they need to do right now with the Miami Dolphins on a hot streak. But Bills go up to 6-2. and two. 
Uh, Zach, Josh Allen did not look great. Only 154 yards and a touchdown. I know he only had 11 completions this game. But still, I mean, you, you got to see something a little better out of the Buffalo Bills. You're putting up only 24 points against a not not good Patriots defense whatsoever. Stephon Gilmore's not even in there. Uh, and then you let the New England Patriots with Cam Newton basically by himself. Uh, and Damian Harris also had 102 yards and a touchdown. So really your run defense needs to be better. I, I say all this knowing that the weather was such a factor in this game. I mean, it was raining. It was windy all game long. You're in Buffalo in November. I mean, there's there's really almost not even a tougher place to play. So with that being said, it was a good fight game on both sides. A lot of running, a lot of good defense. I still have my doubts about Buffalo, Zach. What about you? Yeah, I mean, they are still 6-2, and two, and they do lead the AFC East, but they haven't really looked at the same team since uh, their 3-0 start at the beginning of the season. And, uh, of course, they still have a good record, but the way they're winning their games right now isn't super encouraging, at least to any Bills fans. Like you said, Josh Allen did not look too hot, but that could be attributed to the inclement weather during that game. But I kind of want to talk a little bit more about uh, the Patriots. Specifically, you know, Cam Newton... Uh, kind of choking this victory away and giving that to the Bills. But a uh, little stat, this is the first time the Patriots have lost four straight games since 2002, which is crazy because, uh, you know, that's kind of earlier on in the Brady era around that time. And uh, you're really seeing the impacts of losing a quarterback like that. And everybody really thought that Cam Newton was going to be the answer there. But it's looking like right now that he's not going to be. You know, kind of like Josh Allen, he's had a bit of a fall-off since the beginning of the season. And if you're the Patriots, I sitting at 2-5, and five, you're kind of looking at the quarterbacks coming up in the 2021 draft class. And I, I do see the Patriots having somewhat of a high draft pick and taking a quarterback there. I mean, you could. I, I wouldn't really necessarily give up on Cam Newton that quickly. I I mean, maybe you could. He just has not looked good with his arm. They've got the run game that I think they've wanted in New England for a long time. But, I mean, you are, you are a huge step down passing-wise from Cam Newton, Tom Brady. That's so obvious. By the way, also, Buffalo Bills, we, we said they've been, they've been winning, but they have not been winning well. They've been winning some ugly games, and now they're going to have to prove it. Upcoming games of Seattle and Arizona. Those are going to be tough games to play, and both of those teams are on uh, winning records of their own. So we'll we'll see what the what the Bills can do against the meat of their schedule in the upcoming weeks. All right, next up, uh, Zach. I I think it's I think it's your time. I think I think it's your time. We're going to talk Dolphins over Rams, twenty eight to seventeen victory, and I'm not even going to say my opinion. Zach, take it away. Yeah, you know, you know, already know what we're talking about here. Um, Tua gets his first uh, start as the Miami Dolphins quarterback. Didn't look too great. I mean, he didn't really have to. We played really conservative on offense, and uh, it was kind of annoying to see. You know, we go up twenty-eight at the half, and then you don't score any in the second half. But um, it's understandable. We're trying to maintain a lead, and it is his first start against one of the best defenses in the NFL, specifically the best defensive player in the NFL, and Aaron Donald. But um, 
I thought it was encouraging to see him take a really big hit from Donald early on in the game, get back up, and um, kind of shake it off. And I feel like that got out a lot of his nerves during the game. You know, he got hit. He can move on from that, and he can start focusing on winning us some football games. But Jared Goff looked terrible in this game. Uh, I think he gave up four turnovers, I believe. It could have been more. But, um, yeah, Rams offense not looking too great. Their defense did look really hot, though. They did shut down our offense pretty much most of the game. I mean, the only ways they gave up points was when, you know, Jared Goff and the Rams offense kind of gave us really good field position in order to take advantage of and score. Uh, yeah, but the Dolphins defense was probably the MVP of this game. The entire defense just played as a super nice cohesive unit, uh, really getting in Jared Goff's head, making him turn that ball over. You know, Miami had a uh, rushing touchdown, a passing touchdown, a special teams touchdown, and a defensive touchdown all in a single game, which was super cool to watch. I'm really excited for the first time in, I can't even remember, I might not even have been alive. We look like a a team that's formed together around a really good head coach. And just the whole team is really well coached. They're very selfless. They're smart football players. And they're young, too. They got so much potential later on down the road. Most of them are pretty on cheap contracts. And, uh, yeah, it's looking super bright for Miami. I agree with you, man. I would even make the argument that you guys are now in contention for uh, the division in the AFC East. You look at the Dolphins' schedule coming up. You guys do have a tough game against Arizona next week. That'll be at Arizona, so that's always a tough place to play. But then look at look at these next games. I mean, Chargers, Broncos, Jets, Bengals. I think those are four easy win for easy wins for you guys. So like that put that'll put you at what eight and four. I mean, that is easy contention for the for the division for sure. Uh, Tua definitely looked like he had some. Um, some freshman nerves, if you know what I mean. He definitely looked like didn't look like his college self. I mean, this is his first real action since his incredible injury back at Alabama. Um, one thing I did love about this game, Zach, is the play calling by the coach. Tua only went for 22 pass attempts. That is brilliant. You have not seen play for over a year, and now you're going to play in your first NFL game? No way should you throw more than that. It was brilliantly executed by who, who calls the plays for the offense? Zach is it your offensive coordinator, or is it um, Flores? Uh, it's our offensive. It's our offensive coordinator, Chan Gailey. But honestly, Kate, I didn't really like the, the offensive scheme. I thought it was it was conservative, but I don't know. It was there's two ways you could take it. Like I liked it in some ways, and I didn't like it in others. I did like not making two a throw a lot, but the throws he did. Make they were all super short passes, which you should probably do when they're you're facing a pretty good pass rush. But I don't know. I didn't like the third down calls a lot. I think that we definitely could have extended the field and uh, kept marching. But again, we were playing with the lead, playing safe. But I don't know. I'm looking to be a little bit more aggressive next week against the Cardinals. Yeah, I definitely think you could. And once Tua gets used to that. Um, game action, he'll be fine. He spread he spread the ball out around beautifully. When they did have their touchdown drive, I mean, six plays, thirty three yards, and they were almost all to different wide receivers. He did a he did a brilliant job um, with that overall drive. So like, I I liked how the Dolphins played. I mean, I don't think there's anything less you can say about their defense. 
They are the number one scoring defense in the league and points per, points per game allowed in the NFL right now. This secondary is for real. Their pass rush is now incredible. Wilkins is getting in there. They've got some other talented defensive ends. They've drafted defensive players really well as of late. And I think you guys are you guys are sitting high and mighty at the defense position. Two will come around. Now, moving on to the Rams real quick. Goff did not look good. I mean, he was under pressure all under pressure all the time. Credit that to the uh, Dolphins defense. But he just looked flustered the entire game. Had some signs of life in the second half, but was, was still only able to score seven points. And that was middle of the fourth quarter. So I have some concerns about the Rams, considering um, they're not done with their season either. And it, it's, it's just hard to see where they're at because sometimes they do brilliantly. And then other times, it's like they play today where Jared Goff throws 61 passes only completes barely half of them, and they're only running the ball at at minimal times. So I, I would like to see different play calls from the Rams. Hopefully they can protect Jared Goff in the future. Uh, but like you said, their defense looked great, flustered the Miami offense a lot. I am a little concerned about the offensive line for the LA Rams. All right, moving on. We talked about that one a lot, and we'll probably talk about this next one a lot. We're talking Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Baltimore Ravens. Um, the, the Steelers looked really good in this game. Uh, I know that's kind of, I know that's kind of bland, but if you look at how they played overall, Big Ben struggled early. I mean, that, there is no doubt. He, in the first half, he did not look like a caliber quarterback. Had did, uh, did well in the second half, but this was another defensive stand for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Going down early in the first half to the Baltimore Ravens, were able to hold them to only seven points in the second half. Lamar Jackson, though, Zach, I, I don't know whether to credit to the Steelers' defense, which I do. I mean, they they are amazing. They were able to force three turnovers from Lamar Jackson yesterday. Or was it four? It might have been four turnovers from Lamar Jackson yesterday with a pick six in the very first um, drive of the game. So, yeah, four four turnovers from the Ravens overall, three from Lamar Jackson alone. So, I, I think this is the best defense in the league, personally, Pittsburgh Steelers, by far, and their offense is getting it done. But Lamar Jackson, Zach, what, what does he need to do better in the future to keep the Ravens in contention in the AFC North? Well, yeah, uh, like you said, you, you look at him, he's not really doing what he did last year and I think that's the way you really get back into it is kind of revert back to what you're doing last season before you got uh shut out by the not shut out but taken apart by the Titans in the playoffs and that's stick to running the ball I mean Lamar Jackson he's not a, a like a pocket passing quarterback you can't expect him to throw a bunch in a game his talent is you know just running the football and he's really good at that and I think that I know when you play teams like the Steelers who have a really good defensive front, it's really tough to run the football on them, especially even if you have a dual threat quarterback. But I don't know. I'd say for the Ravens, just commit more to the run. Uh, I believe Mark Ingram was out hurt in this game, so that's going to be a little bit more tough to get that going. Although you do have rookie J.K. Dobbins to assist there, but like you said, Cade, he's not looking. He's looking a bit off right now, and honestly. 
I can kind of give it to him this week just simply because the Steelers' defense is that good. Uh, like you said, they are the number one defense in the league, in my opinion. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't get too worried about Lamar, at least now, if he continues to struggle uh, in, in the weeks going forward against you know, average defenses. I would definitely be a little bit more concerned, but we'll just have to see how that one plays out for him. Yeah, I'm not too concerned about Lamar. I mean, he definitely did not look great in a primetime game with a great defense. So, I mean, he's definitely shown he cracks under pressure in the past. But once he once he get over those nerves, I think I think he'll do a great job. One thing I do think the Ravens need to figure out in the future, though, they are number one in the rushing offensive side of the ball for the entire NFL. Number one in rushing. They are second to last in yards per game passing. Lamar Jackson is not doing anything through the air. He was less than 50% this week. He's not shown signs of um, greatness in the past. So he, he needs to get the ball done in the air. I mean, you can rush all you want, but once you hit uh, great secondaries and guys who are able to stifle the run as well, you eventually you have to, this is the modern NFL. You have got to get it done in the air to win in the National Football League. Next up, we've got the lowest scoring game of the lowest scoring game of the week. The Las Vegas Raiders able to hold off the Cleveland Browns. Final score of 16 to 6, Zach. I mean, this was all field goals with one touchdown at the very end. Weather also played a factor in this game. Very windy in Cleveland this week. So a, a lot more run game that happened as well. But at the same time, man, Cleveland, only only six points? Really? And I, I know you're without Little Beckham Jr. I know you're without uh, Nick Chubb. But still, I mean, Jarvis Landry had some decent catches when you got the ball to him. You still have Kareem Hunt, which I still, who I think, um, I still think you need to run more. So th- this was the Raiders' defense absolutely manhandling the Cleveland Browns' offense. And going over to the Raiders' side of the ball, man, Josh Jacobs is an elite running back. 31 carries, 129 yards. I mean, he was pounding the ball up the middle over and over again. And the Cleveland Browns weren't able to stop him. And this is going to hurt the Browns in the future. I know that they're 5-3. and three. Right now, this was their first home loss of the season. But when you go and play uh, Baltimore again, when you go and play the Steelers again, th- your, rushing, your rushing defense has to get better. Because those other two teams are really good at the run game. So th- another win for the Raiders. This is, this is very interesting f- for me to look at because I don't know the Raiders' identity. Are they Derek Carr? Are they Josh Jacobs? Are they defense? Are they offense? They're four and three right now. You've beaten the Chiefs, but then you've lost to some easier teams like the Patriots. So I don't know where they are right now. I still think they're a formidable force in the NFL right now with a really good defense and a great run game and a good quarterback. They just need to get it done more consistent and in big time games. Yeah, man, you say it. Uh, said it consistency is key for the Raiders um yet their team able to shut down the Browns to six points and the Browns still have a ton of talent on the offensive side of the ball they have a pretty good offensive line or at least up until this point they did you got um Jarvis Landry who is really a number one wide receiver playing in a number two wide receiver position on that roster 
you have Kareem Hunt, who I think it was his rookie year led the league in rushing yards. I mean, I again, what what could be the problem here in Cleveland? Could it be Baker Mayfield? I think it is, in my opinion. But again, like another big thing outside of quarterback is coaching, and I don't know. When your team gets shut down to six points by the Raiders in the lowest scoring game since week twelve, I mean, sorry, week fifteen of two thousand twelve, something's something's wrong on your team. And then, like on the other side of the ball, the Raiders' outstanding defensive scheme, outstanding performance, uh, their offense. I mean, like you said, Josh Jacobs is looking like an elite running back. They still only put up sixteen points. I know, as a Ra- if I was a Raiders fan, I'd want to see more from that. I guess, but um. I'd say they're definitely a force to be reckoned with in the AFC, and they could definitely be in contention for that seventh wild card spot. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Your your four and three Raiders, your four and three Dolphins. There are a lot of spots yep. that could be filled in in the in the upcoming playoffs. Next up, I'd love to get into Zach the Tennessee Titans versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals, one of Probably the biggest upset, in my opinion. Bengals able to stifle the Tennessee Titans 31-20. to And Zach, this was, I think, the first time we saw the true Joe Burrow. I mean, this man was clutch in the fourth quarter. Overall, he was 26 of 37, 249 yards and two touchdowns. Had Those two touchdowns were huge in the fourth quarter because Tennessee finally looked like they got on a roll on, offen- on, on the offensive side of the ball. Tannehill started looking better, was able to throw more touchdowns. But I I honestly, I mean, Joe Burrow did great. And that is fantastic to see Joe Burrow doing good. He had struggled. Giannavi uh, Bernard looked great on uh, Giovanni. I'm sorry, Bernard looked great on the running game side of the ball. I know they're without Joe Mixon right now. So he has stepped up in a huge way. But honestly, Zach, Cincinnati's defense. And I didn't think they had a defense. But my goodness, were they shutting down Ryan Tannehill in this game. Derrick Henry was still doing great on the rushing side. We all know that. But when they were trying to throw the ball, I mean, Tannehill was not getting anything going in the air. And credit due to the Cincinnati Bengals defense. I mean, they were they were shutting him down, was able to pick him off once. And I don't I don't think this is anything that we need to be aware of in the future. Tennessee, I mean... Yeah, you lose. You lose a tough. Everybody loses a tough game like this. I mean, this is this is now a two loss streak for the Titans. I'm not too worried about these guys. They're still a complete team in the NFL right now. But what a win for the Cincinnati Bengals! Yeah, this this game really proves the point that on any Sunday, any team can pull up with an upset victory, and that's kind of the beauty of the NFL. Anything can really happen, but. Yeah, I mean, credit where credit's due. The Bengals defense and Joe Burrow getting it done. Really beating a superior Titans team. One that was on quite the hot streak uh, until they started playing uh, Pittsburgh. But yeah, really the defense able to hold Tanner Hill and Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown to 20 points. I think that's the lowest they've been held to all season. This game surprised me so much. Like you said, Joe Burrow started to look more like his college self even though you know his surrounding cast isn't nearly what it was at LSU. He's still finding ways to make it happen. And, uh, you know, this is very, if you're a Bengals fan, this is super promising to see because you see Joe Burrows, he's 
drafted number one overall for a reason, and you kind of see him showing that, at least in this game. And, you know, the Bengals aren't really in contention this year, but it's good to know that your quarterback has the ability to win games so that in the future you can build around him through the draft, through free agency, and in time you guys can become a team that is contending for the playoffs and, you know, hopefully the Super Bowl. Absolutely. I don't think there's any question that Joe Burrow is the future of this team. Like you said, just get some better guys around him, maybe a few better defensive linemen, a few better offensive linemen. But yeah, no, definitely Joe Burrow is the man in Cincinnati, who's also the man is Patrick Mahomes. And he sure proved it on Sunday when they played, when the Kansas City Chiefs played the New York Jets, Chiefs stifling the Jets once again 35 to 9 holding the Jets to single digits uh this this is this is a great game for me because last week I mentioned how Patrick Mahomes threw his through the least amount of completions attempts and yards all season long this week he tried throwing the ball 42 times completed 31 passes 416 yards and five touchdowns all touchdowns coming from Patrick Mahomes arm Clyde Edwards Hilaire had six carries Zach six carries he had over 160 yards last week he had 21 this week the complete opposite of last week's game plan which was all run and throw a little bit this week it was all throw run a little bit I don't know if that's because that's where the Jets struggled. But in my mind, Zach, I think that people had their doubts about Patrick Mahomes last week. And this week, the Chiefs just wanted to show everyone that, no, we still got our guy. We still have our Super Bowl MVP. We still have our league MVP. We still have who could also be this year's MVP in the running as well. The Chiefs are the most complete team in the NFL, guaranteed, no question, this week completely proved it. When you had the dominant run game last week, the dominant offensive passing game this week in Mahomes, your your defense is able to hold. They are holding teams less than 20 points a game, Zach. I, I, I don't see anything stopping the Chiefs. Now going over to the Jets. The same. This is the same story as all year. Sam Darnold looks okay, if not bad. They're, po- they're uh, coached very poorly. They need to get rid of their head coach. The question is not about what do the Jets need to do differently now. I'm seeing more things about whether Trevor Lawrence should avoid the Jets rather than should the Jets go get Trevor Lawrence, Zach. What, what's up with that? Could you uh, say that one more time, just about the whole Jets avoiding Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, I'm, I'm like people are questioning. No, wh- no, not about whether the Jets should avoid Trevor Lawrence. Whether Trevor Lawrence should avoid the Jets because that's how bad this football team is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I think that's the general consensus is that Trevor Lawrence should avoid the Jets. I mean, if you're the hottest college quarterback coming out in your draft class, you don't want to go play for. Well, you're going to go play for not a great team because you're going to be drafted high, but the Jets are more than just not a great team. They're a terrible team. They're terribly coached. they got really bad personnel on both sides of the ball. If I'm Trevor Lawrence, I'm staying at college. 
or I'm pulling an Eli Manning and not going there. And I don't know, it could benefit him to go back to college. I don't really know if you can make your resume any better than it is currently. But, I mean, you could win another national championship. But, I don't know. I feel like that's something to hash out a little bit later on down the road. But going back to the Chiefs, Cade, um, I think the Chiefs have found a way to win on two different schemes, the running scheme and the passing scheme. And that's really dangerous for opposing defenses is because as soon as you prepare for the run or you prepare for the pass, they're going to pull the opposite. And they are they got the personnel to make that work either way. You know, you got Le'Veon Bell, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, great offensive line. Then on the other side, you got Patrick Holmes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. It's kind of not fair, at least uh, trying to defend against them. But yeah, pretty obvious win here, 35-9, to Jets aren't going to put up a ton of points on the Chiefs. Chiefs, on the other hand, are going to put up a ton of points on the Jets. Yeah, absolutely. For sure, for sure, for sure. And we move on to Detroit, where the Lions hosted the Indianapolis Colts and severely lost to the Indianapolis Colts. Colts winning 41-21. to Philip Rivers looked really good. Hines. For the Indianapolis Colts with his acrobatic touchdown dances, three receptions, 54 yards, and two touchdowns. Colts defense absolutely de- um, dominating the Lions, especially the run game. I mean, your longest carry was 11 yards for the Detroit Lions. I mean, it was all Stafford. He had 42 pass attempts, and he looked very Stafford-like. Uh, just over 300 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception, which happened to be a pick six, which did not help when it came in the fourth quarter. Zach, this Colts defense is looking, this Colts defense and this Colts team is looking pretty good. And when you see the Tennessee Titans struggling, this whole division just got a lot more interesting because now they're both five and two. They have not played each other yet, but I am curious to see who whether the Colts can step up because they have not showed themselves to be good in big games against tough teams. They've had, again, easiest schedule in the league, in my opinion. So I'm interested to see how they'll play because right now when they're playing these less than impressive teams, they're looking really, really good on all sides of the ball. No, man, you said it. Uh, Colts and Titans, that's going to be a very interesting uh battle for that division personally i'm i've signed more with the titans you know simply because of the man derrick henry in that backfield and then the man on the other side or the other team is philip rivers and i'm not a strong philip rivers believer in fact what i'd like to see if trevor lawrence does go to the jets i'd love to see sam donald get traded to the colts because then they would be in Super Bowl contention, in my opinion, because Sam Darnold is an extremely talented quarterback in a bad system, with bad coaching. But, you know, that's kind of a conversation for another time. But, yeah, Colts able to put up 41 on the Lions defense. And the Lions defense is pretty middle of the road. It's not terrible, but anytime you put up 41, you know, that's saying something. And then the Lions not looking too hot on offense. But, uh, again, they can probably bounce back from that. Kenny Galladay. Looked completely off today. Not today. Well, last week when he played them. But, uh, you know, again, with the Lions, anything better than what they did last year, you know, is a good sign. I didn't really expect them to be a team that goes from first, from worst to first. But 
again, there's there's positives and negatives to see out of that game for both sides of the ball. Well, not really for the Colts, but just for the Lions. Again, though, they're they're a sleeper team. I think they're better than the record says. But uh, yeah, last week it was all Colts. Absolutely, on both sides of the ball, defense looks great. And I I think this defense is right behind Pittsburgh for arguably best defense in the league overall. And then Miami's on. behind them, right? Well, and then Miami's <laughs> good. Chiefs are good. A lot, a lot of good dominating defense so far. All right, next up, another crazy upset. Minnesota able to take down the Green Bay Packers 28-22. to I say Minnesota, but honestly, it was Dalvin Cook by himself. Zach, he had 226 total yards on offense with four touchdowns. First time in NFL history a single player has scored for his team on each of its first four possessions. Zach, he had 30 carries, 160 yards, three touchdowns on the ground. He had that amazing 50-yard screenplay pass for a touchdown that gave him his fourth touchdown. Kirk Cousins only threw the ball 14 times and completed 11 of them. He did really well in the air once they established that ground game. Dalvin Cook is the core of this team, and it really, I mean, Minnesota was hurting while he was gone. I mean, that's that's just a fact of life, but... And then when you look at the Green Bay Packers, they were not able to stop Derrick Henry at all, whatsoever. Their run game is hurting a lot, and they weren't able to stop Kirk Cousins when he was throwing either. Green Bay is hurting, trying to stop the ball. Aaron Rodgers looked pretty good. I mean, I was surprised Minnesota was able to hold him to only 22 points, but they looked good in the, or Green Bay looked good in the fourth quarter. So I'm not too worried about the Green Bay Packers. Um, offensive side of the ball with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Jones has still been gone. Jamal Williams has done all right while he's been in there, but they are sure hurting for Aaron Jones. Zach, what were your thoughts on this game? Well, I have a couple thoughts and a couple takeaways from this game. A, Dalvin Cook is back, and I feel bad for anybody who is playing against somebody who had Dalvin Cook on their fantasy football team. Uh, like you said, Aaron Rodgers not looking amazing, but you know he still looked pretty good. Uh, yeah, the Vikings. This is what I really wanted to get into is, I I think that the Vikings should start playing in a similar scheme as the Titans, and I say this because, you know, Kirk Cousins, when he only throws like, you know, what was it, fourteen, eleven times in that game. They they start winning those tough matchups against teams like the Packers, who are really good. They're they're five and two going into it. They were five and one, and I think if they did adopt a similar play style as the Titans, where instead of Derrick Henry, you're running and then relying on Tannehill to make a couple passes, you're running Dalvin Cook and relying on Kirk Cousins to make a couple passes. And Kirk Cousins probably has more weapons to throw to than Ryan Tannehill does. You know, he has Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson out there. But, uh, yeah, I think if they could continue to take this offensive approach, they can actually start putting some wins together. And um, I don't want to say contend for a playoff spot, but, you know, if not this year, then possibly next year. Absolutely. I think the way they are running their offense is exactly how they need to. Their defense is still hurting a little bit. They're giving away players a little too easily, and I expect a lot more defensive talent to come out of the draft for the Minnesota Vikings. 
I just think it's a little too late in the season. They already have five losses. They still have some tough games coming up. You got to play Green Bay again later in the year. I think it's just a little too late for the Vikings next year, though. Mm, good contenders. Next up on the docket, we have the Los Angeles Chargers versus the Denver Broncos. And the Chargers kind of do a very iconic Chargers thing. You go up 24-3 to in the middle of the third quarter, and you lose. I mean, I, I got to I gotta give credit. Drew Locke re- looked really good in this fourth quarter. Philip Lindsay looked really good. But Chargers defense, I mean, come on. Really? Really? You hold them to three points for two and a half quarters, and then you let, what, 28 in the last quarter and a half? I mean, that's that's a little unacceptable, in my opinion. I, I, I don't want to hear excuses about your personnel on defense, which I know is hurting. But again, you just can't. You can't get, like, lessons from the Falcons here. I mean, seriously, come on. Justin Herbert, he looked really good. I mean, I, 30 points against the Denver Broncos should be enough to beat this team. But this is this game was really just all uh, on the Chargers defense not being able to pull through in the end. Yeah, and it's weird to see because the Chargers have such talent on their defensive side of the ball. They got a really good defensive backcourt, and then you have Joey Bosa up front, but... Yeah, for some reason, they weren't able to stop Drew Locke in a, an amazing comeback victory in a divisional game. And, you know, Justin Herbert, kind of like uh, Joe Burrow is doing really good, but their team around them is kind of dragging them down a little bit. But uh, like I said with uh, Joe Burrow, I think the, the Chargers are finding out game by game that Justin Herbert is their franchise quarterback, or it certainly can be. It's still a little too early to you know know definitively, but... I don't know. There's still positives to see out of this game if you're a Chargers fan. I think, like you said, for the last team we talked about, the Vikings, the Chargers in the draft need to target some defensive guys, you know, stack up that defense a little bit more. Maybe give Justin Herbert some better uh, protection up front. And you know when Austin Eckler comes back from his injury that, you know, maybe the Chargers offense, you know, gets that much better with him. So I know just something to look out for. But yeah, Great comeback by Drew Locke and the Broncos. Um, yeah, that's really all I had to say about this one. Also, I think I think it's really cool. This gives a lot of confidence to Broncos, the coaching staff, and the fans. I mean, Drew, I think Drew Locke might be the future of this team. I don't think they should be looking for a quarterback anytime soon if he's able to pull out wins like this and he's able to stay healthy. He's definitely had some injury problems. But a healthy Drew Locke is the future for the Denver Broncos. Next up... We have America's Game of the Week in the afternoon Sunday game. New Orleans Saints taking on the Chicago Bears in Chicago. Saints able to pull out the victory in overtime with a clutch field goal by Will Lutz. 26-23 was the score in this game. Um, This game was also a very tough defensive game. Both defenses looked extremely good. Lots of field goals, not a lot of uh, touchdown scoring in this game. Drives were able to be made, but then drives were able to be stopped as well. I know it was a low score and there wasn't a lot of going on, but honestly, this was a very entertaining from a defensive game. I think about that Super Bowl a few years ago uh, with the with the Rams and Patriots. I mean, it was just it was just all defensive, but it was still a really good game to watch. So I don't. I Chicago goes now to five and three, and they weren't able to take advantage of the Packers losing. 
So that that kind of hurts a lot. But I still think the Chicago's are Chicago Bears are a great defense. I think Nick Foles needs to look a little bit better. The Saints, on the other hand, though, more touchdowns need to be produced by the Saints. Alvin Kamara has looked not as spectacular as he has earlier in the year. Drew Brees, for sure, has been under par this season. So you, you need to find your identity somewhere because you're not running Alvin Kamara enough for him to be the identity. But Drew Brees is not playing well enough for him to be the identity. And you're only putting up 26 points, most of them being field goals. You're going to have some tough teams coming up where you need to put up more points than 26. You're looking at the Chiefs, or you're looking at the Seahawks and Bucks in particular in your own conference. I mean, those guys are putting up 30 points a game on a whim against any team. So Saints definitely need to put up their game. They've gotten some, they've gotten lucky in a few close games. So I'm not sure what to think about them. Bears, I think they're fine. I think their defense is spectacular. Nick Foles needs to step up with this game. Otherwise, the Bears should have an easy uh, wild card spot in the West or in the uh, NFC. Yeah, I think that can be said about both teams. It's just we need to see more touchdowns from the offense. Um, you know, especially from. The Saints because they have the weapons to do it. Although you could make the argument, you know, Emmanuel Sanders isn't there, Michael Thomas isn't there. I think with those wide receivers getting back, getting healthy, getting playing time, I do think the Saints offense is going to be a little bit more productive. And then Nick Foles does need to step up because his defense is getting him winnable games. But um, yeah, he kind of needs to come in clutch like he, you know, has in the past. But again, I think Nick Foles is more of a second half of the season quarterback. So I, I see him kicking it up a little bit down the stretch a little bit more. I, I, I guess he just plays good when he needs to. But um, going back to the Super Bowl, man, with the Rams and Patriots, I didn't think that was a very fun Super Bowl to watch. I mean, defensive games aren't really the most fun. But, I mean, this one did have a lot more scoring. So I can definitely see why it was a little bit more entertaining to watch. I personally didn't get to catch this one. But I don't know. I, def- I would have watched it if it was on. Yeah, I hear you for sure. And it's definitely going to get interesting in the NFC because when you look at wildcard spots right now, Saints, Bears. But then in just the NFC West alone, you've got the 49ers, Rams, and Cardinals fighting for spots in the wildcard. It is about to get very, very dicey in the NFC come December. Moving on, we've got the Sunday night game. Seattle Seahawks, and speaking of which, the 49ers themselves, taking on, in C- taking on in Seattle. And this time, the Seahawks were able to c- bounce back from a heartbreaking loss last Sunday night against the Arizona Cardinals. Or not last Sunday night, two Sunday nights ago, they had the bye last week. But coming off the bye, they were able to dominate this San Francisco 49ers def- or offense and defensive side of the ball. 37-27 to was the final score. Russell Wilson with four touchdowns. He's looking like the clear MVP vote so far, in my opinion. But Zach DK Metcalf, are you kidding me? 12 receptions, 161 yards, and two touchdowns. A lot of guys are relating this guy to Megatron. Calvin Johnson himself. And honestly, man, I agree with them. This guy is... Six foot is a six foot five beast of a human being, and he's fast as all get out. I mean, we saw him run down Buda Baker a few weeks ago in that Sunday night game 
to stop a pick six from happening. So he's got the legs, he's got the height, he's got the agility. But when you look at the Seahawks offense as a whole, Russell Wilson at the helm, you got wide receivers in Dickie Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, who also had a career game two weeks ago with 200 yards and three touchdowns. So you got DKMFF, you have um, uh, Tyler Lockett, and then Greg Olson, who's the veteran at tight end, who hasn't really seen a lot, but I guarantee you that man is a factor when it comes to locker room uh, play. It's going to be hard to stop the Seattle Seahawks. For the 49ers, you've got a, you have a tough schedule, you have a tough division, you looked very, very average. The, the main thing for the 49ers is their injuries. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo goes down. George Kittle goes down. They'll both be out for several weeks now. You're still hurting at running back. Uh, defensive side is hurting. I mean, this is just... The fact that they're 4-4 four and four with these injuries is beyond me. They're, I mean, this just shows their backups are playing really well. And I, I don't know how much hope you have left unless you get healthy. Yeah. And uh, you know who's not playing well is Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, he got benched again in this game, I believe. And, uh, you know, the other guys are stepping up good in lieu of all these injuries. But, yeah, DK Metcalf, on the other hand, he is... uh, The comparisons are getting more valid as uh, we continue this season because, man, this sophomore season has been such a breakout for him. He's, He's one of the top receivers right now, at least in numbers. And I think he'll continue that pace, especially when, you know, Russell Wilson is having an MVP caliber season too. I think that duo is going to be deadly. It is deadly now, but I think it's going to be especially deadly later on down the stretch, especially in the playoffs. So I definitely look for that. But that yeah, was a lot of definitely as well. Something I'm a little concerned about is the 49ers. Um, you know, Nick Mullins is trying to – I think he's starting this coming up week. But – you know, you can't really be a very like a winning team if you don't have a really good quarterback, or at least a quarterback that doesn't lose the game for you. So, I don't know. That's just something to be on the lookout for. And they're in a very tough division. Four and four is not gonna not gonna cut it there when you have the Seahawks, the Cardinals, and the Rams that you're competing with. So, I know, I'm a little worried about the 49ers, and I'm a little scared about the Seahawks. Yeah, Seahawks are definitely a formidable force in the NFC and are currently ranked number one with only one loss. And if you just take away a few plays from uh, their Arizona Cardinal game, they could easily be undefeated right now. Going over to the Monday Night Football game, this was actually a way more entertaining game than I thought it was going to be. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers able to squeak out a victory versus the New York Giants. Tampa Bay goes on to 6-2 and two now. They're on a hot win streak. Brady looks pretty good, but honestly, this Bucks defense struggled against Danny Dimes and the New York Giants offense. Daniel Jones, for once, looked pretty good in this game. I know he had those two interceptions that really hurt him, but overall, he was able to get drives down the field going. He was able to command this offense in a kind of veteran, experienced way. I loved his confidence in this game. Just a two-point conversion away from tying the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady and going to overtime. Uh, from the Bucks' offensive side of the ball, I mean, Brady looked decent. He looked all right. I mean, he had those two touchdowns, one to Mike Evans, who needed some action, by the way. I mean, this game, this man is desperate. 
And then he went over to um, Gronkowski, who also was desperate for a touchdown as well. But I'm not too concerned, and here's why. You've got Antonio Brown coming from suspension, from years of not playing, and he's ready. I mean, he's back with Brady. He had the one game last year when they were in when they were in New England, and they looked good together. And now he's with a a team that I think is easily twice as good as last year's Patriots team, with a great offensive line, a great defense. I know they struggled surprisingly this week against the Giants, but Antonio Brown is going to fit very nicely with the Buccaneers' offense. Yeah, honestly, this is almost as surprising as the game. With the Bengals, I mean, <laughs> the Patriots, not the Patriots, that's weird. The Buccaneers, you know, they're one of the top teams in the NFL right now and one of the bottom feeders in the New York Giants. Almost pulled off a victory if it wasn't for, you know, Daniel Jones throwing some interceptions. But it was really close, and I was super surprised by that. Uh, like you said, Mike Evans getting a little bit more into the game, and um, I totally agree with what you're saying, dude. I'm honestly a little worried about Mike Evans' production. You know, when you do have Chris Godwin coming back, you have Antonio Brown coming in. It's just, I don't know, it might be a little bit tough for him to get the targets that he needs, or at least that he wants. I mean, as long as the ball is being driven down the field by Brady and whoever he's throwing to, I'm sure he's going to be happy because he's on a winning team. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't be too concerned about the Buccaneers. I think this is just a speed bump. I think they're still on their way to potentially win their division and, you know, make a run at the Super Bowl. It's going to be really interesting to see how Antonio Brown plays into that. But um, then you look at the Giants, and I'm, I'm still not, you know, I'm, I'm not super convinced that they're, even if they kept it close with the Buccaneers, I'm not convinced that they still have, you know, a chance that, you know, it's crazy to say that they still do have a chance at their division technically, but... Yeah, because that, that's a train wreck over there. But the Giants, I'm still saying they're one of the worst teams in the NFL. They had a good showing against a good team, but I do believe they will continue to struggle against other teams. Yeah, I agree with you. I realize just now that I have made a disastrous mistake, and I apologize to our audience. The Sunday Night Football game was not the Seahawks and 49ers as I thought. That was a Sunday afternoon game. The Sunday night game was the Eagles versus Cowboys. So we're, we're going to backtrack a day and get to this real Sunday night football game. Uh, I don't, it's funny because this was a really lame game with a couple lame teams in the Cowboys and Eagles, but I do think it's pivotal considering the Eagles now have a commanding lead, not a commanding lead, but they are now in sole possession of the NFC East. But Carson Wentz looked bad, and I'm not ashamed to say it. he did not look good other than about two throws for touchdowns. He had poor decision-making um, throws. I, he, he just he didn't look comfortable when he was outside the pocket. He wasn't able to really get anything going down the field. So I don't like how Wentz has been playing. I like how their Eagles defense has been playing. I know they were going up against a third-string rookie quarterback for the Cowboys, but they were able to stop Ezekiel Elliott running the ball. So I think their defense can help them win this division, but 
come later down the road, Wentz needs to get better. And going over to Dallas, Ben DiNucci looked very much like a rookie quarterback. Ezekiel is still struggling getting anything going. And I think Dallas's season is pretty much hopeless. And I think they're looking for the draft. And that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, I don't have a lot to say about this one either. Carson Wentz not looking too great. Zeke looking really bad. Um, one thing I can say about this is that whoever wins this division between the two of them, or even if it's Washington, they will probably, they'll definitely be a first uh, to exit the playoffs. You know, they're not going to win a game and continue. It's sad to say because it's such a terrible division they're in, and honestly, none of them should be going to the playoffs. But because of the divisional system, they are. Uh, Cowboys with their rookie quarterback playing hopefully they'll get Andy Dalton back soon but even then they're probably not going to win a lot with him either so I don't know like you said look to the draft and um, you know hope you can address some needs there exactly and I'm honestly confused right now who they need to address my my first thought would be probably offensive line I mean help somebody protect uh, Dak Prescott help somebody protect Ezekiel Elliott Maybe grab some secondary. They had a great defense on paper before the season. Then they started losing guys. Then they started trading guys. And now, now, it, now it looks disastrous. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that recaps week eight in the NFL. Now, I apologize, Zach, that I was not able to get your picks from last week. So if you would do us all a huge favor and quickly run down your game picks from week eight. And that way we can um, tally them up and see which of us did better this week. So let me get your rundown real quick. Just rattle them off for me. Absolutely, dude. So Miami versus the Rams. I had Miami winning in a 31-24 to victory. Next, I had Vikings and Packers. I had the Packers winning, which I was wrong, 34-31. to Titans and Bengals. I had the Titans winning 31-21. to wrong there Steelers and Ravens I had the Ravens winning 28 to 27 I was wrong again Chiefs and Jets Chiefs winning 38 to 10 it was right there Colts and Lions I had the Lions 30 27 I was wrong there this was not the week for me Raiders and Browns I had Raiders winning I was right there but I had them winning 24 to 20 Pats and Bills I had the Bills winning 28 to 21 I was right there Chargers and Broncos I had the Chargers winning 30 to 17 I was wrong there Saints and Bears, I had Saints 27 to 24. I was right there. 49ers and Seahawks, I had the Seahawks 31 to 30. Once again, correct. Cowboys and Eagles, I had the Eagles 28 to 17. I was right there. And Bucks and Giants, Bucks 37 to 17. Uh, and that's another uh, correct calling right there. All right, and I've tallied those up. And with a total score of nine correct picks out of 14 for actually both of us. So we both went nine for 14. But when it comes to your score prediction, Zach, you beat me out 9-5. to five. So with totals of 18 and 14 for this week alone, Zach, you have 150 to 124 lead still as we are officially halfway through the year. So and I think I can come back, but I definitely am going to have to start making some bolder predictions because that, that is a pretty considerable gap when we come uh, to later in this year. All right, okay, Zach, well, I, we are... Uh... I don't know yes. if it's going to get any closer because I'd like to go discuss next week's picks. I was about to say we are short on time, but I, I think we are pretty clutch when it comes to these last-second game picks. And I don't know about you, but I'm I'm all for just jumping right in. 
Yeah, let's do it. Um, we'll try to go uh, rapid style here. Um, yeah, I got sir. my list we- written out for the first time, I think, ever. And you're going... Do ya? Yeah, this I is do. this is on the whim for me. This is this one's this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a lesson out of your book. We're gonna switch it up this week. I'm gonna go um, just off the top of my head. So Zach, why don't you do us the favor and you uh, you give us your picks and then I'll I'll chime along. I got you. Week Kate. nine so I'm of the s- week week nine of the NFL. Okay, I'm gonna start with uh, you know my team, of course, Miami versus the Cardinals. And uh, in order to level my expectations, I'm picking the Cardinals in a 24 to 31 victory over Miami. What about you, Cade? So this is a Sunday afternoon game in Arizona, which I think will play a huge factor. Miami having to travel all the way to, uh, I believe that's Mountain Time, so they're going to lose a few hours there. I think I think they match up very nice with the Arizona Cardinals. The thing is, though, Arizona is coming off a bye which I think is going to be a huge help for Kyler Murray and just for the Arizona Cardinals to kind of just settle down and get in their zone. I am going to take Arizona in this one just because that I think that bye is a huge factor. I think it will be a low-scoring game, though, because I don't. if Tua starts again, I think this Arizona defense is able to hold him down as well. So I'm going to take the Cardinals in just a 24-17 to victory. Okay, um... Yeah, I don't know if I completely agree with holding Tua to 17 points. But um, in fact, I actually think that that bye week might mess up the Cardinals because they were on such a hot streak going into the season. But, you know, we'll just have to see when Sunday rolls around. The next game I had on the list for us is uh, Packers versus Niners. And in this game, uh, I'm going to side with the, the Packers, actually. I think the Niners are somewhat struggling lately especially you know all the injuries I believe Nick Mullins is starting Packers are looking to you know get back on track after losing to the Vikings last week so I have them in a 34-20 victory over the 49ers yeah this is a this is a insane Thursday night football game on paper in the beginning of the year in reality at this point in the season this is all Green Bay I mean, you're looking at a loss from last week against the against the rival of Vikings. That is going to eat them inside for sure all week long. We'll see how they do um, on Thursday night against a, a very hurt defense. I think Zach. Holy cow! Do I like that score a lot? I'll, I'll I'll step it up a little bit. We'll go 37 to 20 in favor of Green Bay. I think there will be a little more scoring in this game, so I'm I'm going to take Green Bay 37 to 20. All right, that's a good pick, Cade. I don't know, I'm pretty close to mine, but, you know, I respect it. I respect it. Uh, we're moving on to Bears versus Titans. And, uh, you know, we're going to have Nick Foles versus Derrick Henry on the other side. I think it'll be a pretty good matchup. You know, Titans have a pretty okay defense, but the Bears have an elite defense. Uh, I'm looking at a Titans win here, Cade. I'm looking at a 27-20 to 20 victory over the Bears. I think that, you know, Nick Foles could do a little bit better against the Titans defense that isn't you know it's not elite uh Titans offense I think they might struggle a little bit against this Bears defense but I think they'll still be able to put up in the high 20s I like that score but I am actually gonna I'm, I'm gonna go on a whim here and I'm gonna take the Chicago Bears you're looking at Uh-oh. two teams who have had 
two really tough losses, Tennessee going down to an easy Cincinnati team. But if you look at Chicago's situation here, they've put up tough games against um, the New Orleans Saints. And I know they got beat hard by the LA Rams, but it is a good LA Rams defense. They were... um, Chicago was able to really hold down Alvin Kamara, and I think that's what they're going to do with Derrick Henry this week. I think this will be honestly more high-scoring. Tennessee's defenses look good, but not great, and I think Nick uh, Foles will be able to get his groove this week. I'm going to take Chicago in a 30-27 to victory over the Titans. Tight, um, the big factor is going to be Chicago's defense, whether they can hold Derrick Henry make Tannehill throw the ball because I think Chicago's secondary is good enough to hold off uh, Tannehill as well. Kate, I, I commend you for taking a different pick here. And I honestly think that it's, uh, it's a pretty respectable pick. Uh, moving on to Broncos versus Falcons. Uh, two not so great teams. Uh, I'm going to take the Falcons here, Kate. I think their offense is too good not to come away with a victory here. You know, the Broncos did just come away with a pretty pretty important win over a division rival but again I do think the Falcons have the personnel in order to give the Broncos defense some trouble at least in the uh, receiving game so I'm taking Falcons 31 to 30 in a really close game but yet still a uh, victory for the Falcons that is really cool Zach I'm going to take the exact same score in favor of the other team I have been very impressed with how Denver is able to hold off teams late in games And that is one thing Atlanta has not been able to do this season. They have been choking on a regular basis almost when they have leads in the fourth quarter. They were able to hold off Carolina this week. But I think Denver honestly has a better defense than Carolina. Drew Locke has looked very clutch in the fourth quarter. So I will take Denver in this game 31-30. to Okay, I see you taking a little flipperoo approach to this. I I have to, Zach. I mean, not only (laughs) – I mean, I, I, I do like my picks. But I, I gotta, I gotta move up in the points. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna just let you steamroll me all year. Hey, yeah, fortune favors the bold, Cade. Fortune favors the bold. Next, we're gonna go to a uh, kind of a boring game. It's a division game, nonetheless, though. It's Giants versus the Washington Football Team. Uh, I do see the Washington Football Team pulling off a win here. I think they got a better defense, and I think their offense is close to as good as the Giants. It will be a low-scoring game, in my opinion. Again, this isn't one I'd really watch, but it'll be close enough at least to make it interesting, I think. You know, Daniel Jones did show up pretty well against the Buccaneers last week, but I have Washington winning in a 24-17 victory here. And honestly, this 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 game could go either way, but um, I don't know. I feel more safe picking Washington here. I would also be safe picking Washington here, except the Giants were able to put up 23 against Tampa Bay's formidable defense. So now I'm really unsure... Washington is coming off a bye, and we have seen over and over this year how coming off a bye and playing especially at home gives a huge advantage to teams. And that is the reason I will take Washington in this game. I think this is going to be a very, very tight game because the Giants have looked better and better each week, but Washington has been kind of Mr. Consistency of mediocrity, which I know that sounds super bad, but you know what I mean. You're looking at just a two-win team in a really bad division. I'm going to take Washington in this game. I think it's going to be an extremely close game. I'll take them 27-24. to 24. Okay, very good, very good. Um, yeah, I can I can definitely see where you're coming at in that one. 
and uh, I finally agreed with you. <laughs> uh, I don't. I think we're going to agree on this next one too, Kid. It's the Lions versus the Vikings. I think that uh, the Vikings have figured out that they need to run Dalvin Cook a lot, and having him back from injury is definitely going to help them here. I'm taking the Vikings over the Lions. I think it'll be a pretty high-scoring game. I think it'll be somewhat close within a score, and that score will be uh, 34-27 to 27 in the Lions' favor. I do think that Matthew Stafford will make it you know, a game. I think that he'll be able to keep up with uh, the Vikings somewhat, but I do think that having Dalvin Cook back is going to lead the Vikings to a victory. Okay, nice. You know, Zach, when I was when I was thinking about this game earlier today, I, I had a I had the movie line where Black Panther in Infinity War is looking over at Captain America and he's telling everybody what to do and they're getting ready for a big battle and he looks over and he goes, And someone give this man a shield. And that's exactly what I think of when this game, Minnesota, give Dalvin Cook the ball. He is your man. He is your Captain America. He is your leader on this team. And when you give him the ball, great things are going to happen. Minnesota will win this game with the shoulders of Dalvin Cook, with the legs of Dalvin Cook, with the leadership of Dalvin Cook. I'm going to take a 30-20 to victory for the Minnesota Vikings and for Dalvin Cook. Absolutely. I like the movie reference a lot. And, uh, yeah, that's really how it is. Give Dalvin Cook the ball, and good things are going to happen for your team. Unless you're playing Dalvin Cook, then probably not. Uh Next, we have Panthers versus the Chiefs. And, um, you know, how could I pick against Patrick Mahomes, especially when he's playing Teddy Bridgewater on the other side of the ball? I'm taking the Chiefs, quite obviously. I'm going to take him 30-21, to 21, actually. I think that the Chiefs' defense is pretty good. I think that they'll keep, you know, the Panthers to somewhat of a low score. But, uh, again, I think it's going to be pretty good game i think the chiefs could definitely score more than 30 on the panthers defense but um yeah i'm very excited to watch patrick Mahomes come alive again on this one yeah i honestly don't know what to expect from the chiefs now i mean you can run kyler um you can run uh, uh clyde edwards hilaire or you can throw the ball with patrick mahomes i mean either way it could go i think it's going to go both ways honestly i think a huge uh, victory margin is going to happen in this game I will also take the Chiefs, but it's going to be a 38-14 to 14 victory. I have been extremely Whoa. impressed with this Chiefs defense, and Teddy Bridgewater has looked very okay, and has he's looked good. I'll say that. He's looked good, but he has not looked great, and he has not been what the Chiefs have been hoping for, or what the Carolina Panthers have been hoping for. The only thing that would change the outcome of that score in this game is if Christian McCaffrey actually plays. There are rumors around that he is healthy enough to come out of injury reserve. So there is the slim chance that McCaffrey plays in this game. And if that is the case, I think the Carolina Panthers will make this a much more interesting game. But if not, Chiefs all the way, wide victory margin. Ooh, that's very interesting. Christian McCaffrey could come back. That would be that would be really cool to see. I like the little bit of a more of a bold take there with just a complete annihilation of the Panthers. But next game, we're going to move to your team, the Texans, playing a division rival in the Jacksonville Jaguars. And once again, I do think you're going to get the better of the Jags. I just think Deshaun Watson is too good to lose to a team like the Jaguars. I think he'll outduel uh, Gardner Minshew, and I think that he'll come away with the victory in a score of 31-28. to 28. 
That is a great score, Zach, and I agree. I, th- I like Deshaun Watson against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Houston's only victory so far has been against Jacksonville, and I think they'll make it two victories now against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Both teams coming off a bye, and it's interesting to see how they've studied each other for the last two weeks because you know that's really all they've been thinking about is this game because both teams are in desperate needs of victory. I do think you're right, though. Deshaun Watson's not going to let this team lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars when they're already 1-6. He is too big of a leader for that. Houston's going to win this game, and they're going to win this game. I don't think they'll score 31. I think coming off a bye, they'll do good, but I think they need some work before him. I'm just going to make it a 27-20 to victory with a lot of good defense and Deshaun Watson doing enough in this game. Did you just mention good defense with the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Texans? Well, I mean, yeah, because both offenses, <laughs> neither neither offense is good enough to be spectacular, so their defenses are going to look, or each defense is going to look somewhat good because the offenses perhaps. are that bad right now. Perhaps, perhaps. Uh, again, next up we have the Ravens versus the Colts. Two really good teams going up against each other. However, as much as I'd like to pick the Colts, pick the hot hand, I would. I want to take the Ravens here. Coming off of a loss, a tough loss, I think they're going to make... I think Lamar Jackson's going to... Actually, I can't say that because the Colts do have a very good defense. I think it will be a bit of a struggle for him. But they, the Ravens also have a good defense here too. And for that reason, I'm going to keep it somewhat low, at least when you're talking about the Ravens and the Colts. I'm going to say 27 to 24 with a Ravens victory here. Now this one this one is an interesting for me personally because like you said the Colts have a spectacular defense. They're actually number 2 in yards allowed per game. And when you look at the Baltimore offense, it is all run. I mean, they're number 1 in offensive yards per game. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how these the, this is the specialty of both teams going at it against each other. I'm going to take Indianapolis in this one. I think when they're going to force uh, Lamar Jackson to throw the ball, I think great things are going to happen. They have um, they have almost the most takeaways in any team in the NFL when it comes to the defensive side of the ball. So I think that's going to play a huge factor. Phillip Rivers has not been spectacular, but he's done enough. This run game has been steady Eddie, if you know what I mean, when it comes to pounding the ball up the middle and making good yards. Indianapolis is going to win. This is going to be a tight, low-scoring game. I'll take it a 24-20 to low-score battle. Cade, you might be getting a little too ambitious with your hot takes this week. Uh, we'll have to see how this plays out next week. I mean, you could you know, pull off some upsets and uh, take the lead this week, but it's going to be close, dude. I think it's going to be very close. Um, next up on the docket, we got the Seahawks versus the Bills. And this is, quite frankly, one of my favorite games to watch this week. You know, you got two really super talented teams. Uh, you know, the Bills have been struggling a little bit lately. But, um, again, the Seahawks, I think they'll continue their hot streak here. Uh, I'm saying that because I do think the Seahawks are going to win. And uh, when I was thinking about the score, I knew it was going to be pretty close. And I thought it was going to be high scoring, too, because I think both teams' offenses are better than both teams' defense. So, I don't know. This one was tough, but I think in the end, I'm going to come up with a, shoot, 
probably a 34-31 victory in favor of the Seattle Seahawks. All right, wow, that is a that is a great pick, man. Um this is this is a very interesting game considering Buffalo has struggled as of recently, but they have it's, it's still the Buffalo Bills. They're still a really good all-around team. But the Seahawks are just too good. I mean, we mentioned all their offensive weapons in the past. But, I mean, number one scoring offense in the league with over 30 points. That is going to absolutely annihilate the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to take the Seahawks as well. And I'm going to take them in a 37-24 to 24 victory over the Buffalo Bills. Whoa. <laughs> I'd love to see it. But, again, I don't know if it's going to happen, Kate. I don't know. I don't know, dude. Um, <laughs> we're going to have to move on to our uh, our next game, which is the Raiders versus the Chargers. Uh, you know, two teams that have showed sparks and uh, a lot of promise this season. But, again, they're pretty, you know, the Chargers aren't, their record isn't super good. But uh, on this one, I kind of went back and forth. And, Kate, I'm actually going to pitch this one to you first so you can pick because I think here I just might pick the other one that you're not going to. Raiders versus Chargers. What do you think? Well, I love, I love the game strategy you got going on here. It's less about the pick and more about who I'm going to pick. Okay, I see how it is. I like the, <laughs> I like the Raiders Maybe? in this one, personally. I think they had a really good game win over the Cleveland Browns, stifling the Browns to six points. And I think they'll do... They, they won't stifle the Chargers offense. Justin Herbert has looked too good. But from an overall team standpoint, I think the, uh, the Raiders are better overall with their quarterback, with their running back, with a solid defense. I will take the Raiders in this game at SoFi Stadium 28-24. to Close, but Raiders in the end. Well, you know what? You actually convinced me, Cade. I'm also going to take the Raiders here. Oh, come on. Um, you didn't want to make it different. I was looking forward to that. I don't know. I was looking at it, and then I was thinking, no, Josh Jacobs is probably going to go off this game. I am going to take the Raiders here, Cade. I'm sorry. Uh, I wish I could deviate from that pick a little bit more, but and I don't know. I want to win this, so I'm going to take Raiders too. So 28-24 to 24 Raiders victory. Hold on, you can you're gonna do the same score too? Wait, you you had that score as yeah, yours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on, make oh, it. A little I actually more had diverse. that written out, but I had that written out. Oh beforehand. well, then I just know your mind that good. Okay, fine. That's that's all it right. Is. Okay, I can change it if you want. Hey, you di- you diverted to me. This is what you get. Okay, because that that's you know just what? how we think. I'll change it by one point. I'll take twenty seven twenty four instead. Okay, I, I like that. This is the, we're we're basically playing the prices right here, man. You I give a price, you give a price. <laughs> we just top each other or less each other by one. Okay, fine. That's how it is. You know what? If you're gonna All keep right, diverting man. it to me, I'll just go on with the next game. We got the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Dallas Cowboys. I'm gonna make this one quick. You got the team who allows the most yards and the most points of anyone in the league in the Dallas Cowboys, and you got the Pittsburgh Steelers who stop everybody in the league and score points. This could be, could not be a bigger difference. Pittsburgh easily in this game. Big Ben's going to finally go off on one, 38-10 in favor of the Steelers. Cade, you're not going to believe what I had projected. I actually had projected Steelers winning 37-10. 
Okay, this is, is um, this is wrong. This, <laughs> shockingly to... close to what I had. We, and I can't be making this up. I have this written out on a sheet of paper in front of me. That's that's hilarious, Cade. I think that as the season progresses, we're starting to think a little bit more like each other, man. Well, I've been taking tips from you because you obviously just keep beating me so often. But like, <laughs> I, I don't know. We need to have we need to have a manager's meeting here pretty soon because we gotta we're losing we're losing viewers fast if we just keep picking the same thing. Yeah, maybe we should. Um, I'm gonna take the uh, the lead on this next one, Cade. Uh, it's Saints versus Bucks. Again, a really strong divisional game. Two strong teams, and this one could also go either way. But instead of leaving it to you, Cade, I'm gonna take the pick here. I'm gonna take the Buccaneers in a 35 to 30 win over the Saints. Yeah, man, I, I agree with you. I think the Buccaneers are going to take this one. I have not been very impressed with New Orleans at all. They've they've really struggled on both sides of the ball. They've got some wins, but they've played some easy teams, and they've been close and almost lucky wins. The most consistent thing, which hasn't even been that consistent, has been their kicker, Will Lutz. But Drew Brees needs to do better in the air. Alvin Kamara has been solid, but he has not done as spectacular as of late. And I think Tampa Bay has a fantastic run defense. I'm going to take the Bucks in this one pretty handily. I'll go 32. Weird score, but I think that's kind of where it's going to be. 32 to 20 in favor of the Bucks. Oh, very well. Um, I think I do have a little bit more faith in Drew Brees, but I don't know. I'm very excited to see Drew Brees versus Tom Brady. And to finish off uh, this section in this episode, Cade, we're going to have the Pats versus the Jets. Again, nobody really likes to see the Jets play on primetime. But uh, I think this will be a pretty low-scoring game, actually. And Cade, I think I'm going to take an upset pick here. I think, I think, Cade, I'm going to go with the Jets. I can't believe I'm saying it, but I think I'm going to go with the Jets. And I'm pretty much surrendering a victory to you at this point. And I feel bad doing it. But if I somehow call the Jets beating the Patriots on primetime, that'll be the coolest thing ever. So I'm going to take the Jets with a 24-17 to 17 victory over the Pats. Here's the thing, Zach. If you call the Jets beating the New England Patriots on Monday Night Football, you're not going to be alone. Because I'm taking the Jets as well. No way. I'm no not way. even joking. This was a predetermined decision. This will be the first win the Jets have all 2020 season. They're 0-8. They need a victory. Primetime, Sam Darnold coming clutch with a struggling New England Patriots team overall, honestly. Cam hasn't looked great. The defense isn't looking good. I think Sam Darnold comes in clutch. Give me the Jets 20-17 on Monday Night Football. I cannot believe that we just agreed on that. That's That's insane. I did not think or expect that to happen, but... Nope, neither did I, but I had, conclusion. I had the Jets winning this game, man. This is going to be a rivalry game. This this game goes back years and years. I mean, Sam Darnold was seeing ghosts last year, but he ain't going to be seeing ghosts this year. I see dubs for the New York Jets number one in the year. Wow. Well, I'm very excited to see if we predict that right. It will be a very incredible moment for us both. And I think this is where we're going to call it, Cade. Uh, This is the end of the episode. Thank you all for listening. Uh, This has been Cade and Zach talking NFL predictions and, uh, you know, discussing last week too. Uh, Cade, uh, you have anything else you want to say before we end? 
No, man, this was a uh, this was a great time. Y'all, this, we did our week nine um, predictions this week. We got some huge projects coming up. Zach and I are trying to finish off this fall semester strong here at college. But I would like to say, looking look forward to later this week because I'm going to update you guys on the fantasy football um, rankings right now. We are officially halfway through the year. So let's see where everyone's at. Let's see who's on top. Are there sleepers? Have there been surprising busts? I'll hook you all up later with that this week. But no, man, Zach, it's been a pleasure as always. I'm signing out. You guys, NFL Study Hall with Zach and Kate. We'll catch you all later.